0: Welcome to Moonlight Howl Podcast. This show is made possible with the help of our community and Patreon supporters.
1: To show your support, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Moonlight Howl and pledge $5 a month and receive exclusive content and merchandise.
0: As always, we thank you for the support and hope you guys enjoy the show.
1: In this episode... We will talk about the Pet Cemetery films, compare and contrast both the old and the new, dive deep into our favorite music, and what we would love to hear from you, new local music scene. This is what's happening this week in Southern California. Monday, April 25th, the band Fast Times will be playing live at the Whiskey Go Go. April 27th, the Breakfast Club will be performing at the city's restaurant and lounge in downtown LA. Friday, April 29th, Prayers will be performing live at the L Ray Theatre in LA at 9pm. For more info on these events and details, please visit us at MoonlightHowlPodcast.com and check out our community calendar for more details. Hey everyone, it's Carmen. It's Tony. And welcome to another episode of the Moonlight Howl podcast. So how have you been, Tony?
0: I've been pretty good, man. Just freaking work, 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 but finally got a little bit of time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, same here. And also juggling a bunch of appointments. Um, Yep. Yeah, so in this episode, it's going to be a little different, a little brief. We just wanted to go ahead and just talk about all our favorite stuff. So we can go ahead and streamline that with you guys. Again, this is 100% a podcast for the people. So don't be shy to share your ideas and thoughts on it. We love your feedback.
0: All right, so here's uh, one thing I told Carmen about a couple of weeks ago. For all of you mm-hmm. listeners out there, there is a show that I like to do at least once a week. Every time I go I have tacos, I, I have to watch this show once a week. Um, if you guys go on YouTube and you guys just put animated scary stories, I highly recommend you guys watch all of that because it's actual stories from actual people. And what they do is they take your story and they make a, a, a cartoon out of it and they have a narrator. Sometimes the voice doesn't fit the character because it's one guy and it's, it's creepy. It's eerie. I fucking love it. You know, hopefully you guys can uh, uh, watch it and we can talk about it, and we can have tacos while we're eating, while we're watching the, the the scary story stuff.
1: I feel like something like that we would definitely try to host a watch party, maybe something through Discord or YouTube, and then you know talk about our feedback on it. So this week I did see the old school Pet Cemetery movie. I, I have to tell you, I really loved that. I haven't seen the new one yet, so bear in mind, I only have one viewpoint of one movie. But I understand that you have seen the new movie, correct, Tony?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've seen the new movie. It came out, I think, like 2018, 2019. And I saw it three times. Must have been good if I saw it more than once.
1: <laughs> it had to be, yeah. I haven't gotten there just yet, only because, you know, life happened. right. But I'm hearing a lot of, you know, mixed feedback in regards to how the movie was laid out. I just want to hear 100% your feedback first on the movie, the way it was written. And let's just dissect it. Let's dissect Pet Cemetery.
0: All right. You got the carving knives ready to go?
1: Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) Nice. Let's do this.
0: All right. So let's just get one thing out of the way straight out when it comes to remakes. No one is really ever gonna like a remake because of what the original one does for fans. And I think I finally understood why fans of horror love like the original movies is because, not because of the suspense, but the fact that it leaves your mind to play with what's really happening in, in the movie. Like, for example, there's certain kill shots, um, I'm gonna just go off on a little bit of, of another movie, Halloween, the 1978 version, that there's yeah. certain spots of that movie where, like, you don't really get to see the full kill-on shots, the, the gore, the the all, you don't get to see that. It, it's kind of like, you see Michael Myers, he's about to stab you, and then all of a sudden it cuts to a different scene. And it just leaves people wondering as to like, what the heck happened to that person? Nowadays, everyone has to see the gore, you know, all that throws people off a little bit because, you know, it, it takes away from the suspense from your mind going to different places. But I'm going to be real about horror movies. I mean, horror movies are not meant to be Oscar winning movies at all. They're, they're just not. They're just entertainment. And I like some of the remakes because it's, it's good to see. It's res- It's kind of one of those things like it's like I respect the past but I embrace the future when it comes to horror. Like, I, I'm 100% like that. When I saw the, first, the the remake, I thought it was a little slow for me, but I, did, I do remember liking the suspense about the movie. It wasn't extremely gory. Certain parts of the movie kind of left you wondering, like, oh my gosh, what the heck just happened here? But it kind of left you wondering what happened to that person. And I will respect that 100% about the movie. It kind of reminded me of how like the old 80s movies were, were done. The three times that I left the theater watching that movie, I kind of felt like a little empty stomach about it. Like it also left me like something like just weirded out about it because I love animals and to, for animals to be like your killer, no, how can you? I, I think it was, I would think it was, I think it was good. I don't want to give too much away out because I really want the people to watch it and I want to see what people think and their opinion. I don't know. I liked it. I, I, it was an equal amount of, of, of suspense. It wasn't gory, to tell you the truth. It wasn't as gory as people thought it would be. But it was good. It was good. And that's all I can leave it with that movie.
1: Just circling back to where you were talking about your how it made you feel, when i was first introduced with Pet Cemetery. It wasn't the book, it was the first film based on the book. And I honestly thought that just the suspense alone was enough for me, the way it was written out. You're introduced to this family that just moved into a new house in the countryside in Maine. So that's like a a storyline anybody can be familiar with. You know, you move, you're acclimating to new locations. What's the worst that can happen? You know, you found paradise. So Now you're settling into your new home. When they befriended their neighbor, uh, Judd, who's played at this point by um, Fred Gwynn. He used to be in the Munsters TV show way back in the day. I love the show. But back to this, they befriend Judd after saving their, their son from being hit by an oncoming trailer. Um, right. And their homes are in between this really busy highway there. It's not blocked off. There is no like traffic light signals or anything. So you understand that for the premise, this road is significant. What's happening on this road is very significant. And they play it out with Lewis's kid, you know, just wandering off to the road and nearly being hit. And it goes by introducing the cat church. Now, church is Ellie's. And she's very in love with the cat. He's really important to her. He helps her a lot. And when it comes down to Church dying very early into the film, Lewis is like, oh, crap, what do I do now? And so Judge kind of hints to him as to what the pet cemetery is. Why is it, like, buried behind his new home? And it gives him the whole spiel of the story without really telling him of, like, hey, don't bring your cat back from the dead type thing. Right. Which I really liked. I loved the way they, they wrote it out in that opening couple scenes only because it gave you that, that layer of mystery. It's like, oh shit, is he really going to bring the cat back from the dead or is he just going to bury it and go get a new cat? Right? Right. Yeah. And I feel like that approach of the burial, you know, the the ceremonial of of Lewis bearing church and then taking off and then having the cat come back to life and reanimate is very significant. It it starts with that first layer of suspense. It's like, holy shit, what's gonna happen? You got an evil cat now. And the same thing goes on through the next of the story. He encounters this kid, he was in a car accident and he hunts him because he couldn't save his life. So now he's telling him more information about what did you do? You know, you shouldn't have done that. And it kind of gives him this new layer of suspense of like, oh shit, what did I do? I brought back a cursed thing, a living thing. And now it's gonna impact my family even more. And, right. and I'm just giving you like a recap, um, a very brief one, not so descriptive, sorry. But after he has that experience with the loss of his first patient, He just kind of loses himself a little bit. Now he's trying to figure out, did I do the right thing? Should I kill the cat before anything else happens? Then they lose Gage, which was his youngest son. He dies, and then he goes and reanimates his son with no question whatsoever. Gage comes back to life, and he's a little crazy, and he starts trying to terrorize the family and killing the neighbors. It was basically Chucky with the knife running around killing. Yeah. So funny, but it was suspenseful at the same time because they played on to that whole theory of reanimating the dead. Basically, he's a zombie, but he's not a zombie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, yeah.
1: But then it also segues to his wife's past. I guess she went off, yeah, she, she went off to visit family, not before having this conversation and just revisiting her past. And apparently she has skeletons in her closet as well, and she shut off her sister. Um, her sister was incredibly ill, and they locked her away. She regrets the part that she played in what it really scarred for her and traumatized her throughout the movie. So you have all these different little storylines that add to that yeah. suspense.
0: Yeah, it certainly does. See, and that's why I didn't want to talk too much about the new one, because I was like, ah, I don't want to give it away. But you pretty much hinted everything Again, it honors the first one, in my eyes. I think the, the actor who portrayed Judd on the new one, the 2019 version, uh, John Lithgow, he's the the actor who um, comes out in Third Rock from the Sun and also comes out on Shark. Yeah. Okay, if you could put an Oscar nomination for a horror movie, that would be the fucker that you want winning. Honestly, when he gets on the TV screen, I mean, on the big screen, and he starts to do his thing, he steals the show he just steals it i mean but then you also got jason clark who portrays you know lewis creed in the movie i believe he came out in um one of the terminator movies that came out i think it's genesis like back a couple years ago um he's a guy who portrays uh uh, john connor yeah yeah i mean everything you, you just said about everything you just talked about it it you hit pretty much all the points that um that the new one goes to and I'm telling you, it it was weird watching that movie because you're like, I've seen this before. And then you start to think about, it like, oh shit, yeah, I've seen this. I've seen this. So in a way, it kind of plays a to me a big honor to to the first one. You know, they might have a little twist here and there that was a little different. But again, what horror nerd is not gonna listen to this and be like, That's not true. Back in the day, this you know, this uh horror movie used to be like this, like this. It's cool, but again, I like the fact that when you watch a re- certain remakes, you know the act, the director gives a little bit of leeway into something a little different, gives you a little taste of something different. And this is one of those movies that just it was true to the original, and I like that. I really, really did like that a lot.
1: Wow, I mean, you're making me want to watch the new movie now. I was just waiting till I had time to go. And you know, ramble up some friends and have a watch party. Now it's like, damn, I really gotta sit down and watch that new one. But I've yeah. always really loved the originals. Uh, for me, it's just it brings back a memory is watching them. You know, before the whole CGI, before all these technical advances happen, and it's like, shit, you really don't need much of a budget to make something gory, scary, or suspenseful anymore. Yeah. But it all does come down to the writing, I feel, as well as the acting. It it plays hand in hand. But this movie really did make me feel like shit, my cats are really out to get me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was something about I got in my stomach when I watched it because it's like
1: it you would never think it would happen to you, but then again, it's that what if. You know, you have that yeah. percentage of like shit it really could.
0: Yeah. And the fact that they use that same area, that same, the same property to bring back their kids from the dead. I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot of trauma from the parents' side. I mean, you know, it kind of like makes you think like, would you bring your loved ones back? Would you want them to go through that? And it it just made me feel a little uneasy watching the remake of this movie. And, but I I liked it. I liked it. I liked it.
1: I think the whole storyline is spot on, which I really like. I feel like with all these added layers, all these elements of death and the supernatural, it does come to question your own beliefs on whether or not you feel like it's ethical and it's right for you to bring back a loved one. You would for a pet that you love no matter what. You totally would. But a loved one, you don't know how that will experience to them. Um, And just moving towards, you know, their soul, will Will they come back intact? You know,
0: that's
1: that's the big right. Yeah. I feel like if I, I was pinned that question, depends on the circumstance.
0: Right. That's all I totally get you. There's, a, there's a, a line that I like that Boris Karloff says in Bride Frankenstein, he says, we belong dead. I mean, the dead monster's telling you pretty much, no, 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 leave it alone. We, we belong dead. Just leave it there. You know, certain movies tend to to make you think deeper about certain subjects like this you know would you bring someone back from the dead would you bring back a loved one what would you do and how would you handle it it's not so much would you it's how would you handle it i think how would your family take it if you did that and you just Ta-da, i brought this person back how would they handle that you know would they receive you with open arms would they receive that person with them open arms or would they just be like uh i don't know dude
1: I feel like that part, I would throw in the what I hate about both the movies. It really does bring you into focus and question everything. And it questions your ideals of whether or not it's appropriate, whether or not it aligns with your beliefs, and what it'll make everybody around you think. But what would you hate about it? I mean,
0: I mean that's a good question. I would have to rewatch it again, but... um If I remember correctly, the one thing that kind of bothered me a little bit was how the dad in the movie, he was Lewis Creed. There's something about that actor, well, not the actor, but the character himself that just made me feel a little uneasy about the movie. It wasn't even so much bringing back the dead. I think it was this train of thought that just made me feel a little uneasy. But... Yeah, it's something that definitely, I, I think it was him, the one that made me feel very uneasy about it. I think it was his train of thought, how, how he handled the situation, you know, for, for the death of, of, of one of his kids. But then again, who's in the right state of mind when things like that happen? You know, no one is.
1: I don't feel like we're ones to pass judgment on Lewis if we were in that situation and a part of that family. Because we would all have our own ways of handling a situation like that. But for me, what I hate about the whole um, story and the plot line was the fact that Judd introduced the option of bringing back Church the Cat to life. Yeah. And not really giving him more of a heads up or a, a broader warning. Like, hey, by the way, this, this, and this will happen. And, you know, your life will be horrible. And... You know, your family will hate you for it. No, he briefly touches on the subject and leaves it as an open-ended suggestion as to, hey, I understand your daughter Ellie really loves this cat that just died. Why don't you just bring it back to the dead? You know, he just casually brings it into the conversation and says, hey, this is an option for you. Right. And doesn't really discuss, oh, by the way, this is all going to happen to you. No, it's like, I feel like he's 100% set this in motion, but also I feel like he wanted it to happen.
0: Yeah, I kind of got that. Kind
1: of giving that vibe of he really wanted to see his neighbors die, knowing that it's happened before and knowing the outcome too. It's like shit. I mean, as much as I love Judd and his character, I feel like he set this in motion. He gave that suggestion and he didn't really do much to stop it.
0: Would it be the villain or would it be more like the protagonist in the movie?
1: Mm, That's a good question. I would say villain only because he kinda kinda persuaded him into opting into, hey, reanimate this corpse. It'll make your life a little better, you know? It won't be an inconvenience for your child. Yeah, I feel like his character could've weighed the pros and cons.
0: I even think he probably, at one point, he probably even, re, you know, brought one of his pets back from the dead. How would he know?
1: Exactly. He would only know because he went through it himself or someone close to him didn't. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. In the original movie, he does go into details as to why he knows that. Because him and his friends did that. It was a big thing. They took part, part into it, but it was briefly touched after Church came back to life came back to his back door and asked him if he was okay and kind of told him he went through a similar thing with his friends and they vowed never to do that again but seeing that he saw him in that situation he thought it would be an answer
0: yeah that ending though for me at least on the new one that ending was pretty good pretty good it was kind of very sinister and i liked it at least on the new one, I don't remember. I don't remember too much on the, on the old one, but at least on the new one, I remember I was like, "Whoa, dude!" Like I really was- gotta
1: watch the new one to see how they both compare. Maybe we can do like a full on episode on that later. But I remember for the old one, it was really creepy because you had just finished seeing Gage, you just finished seeing Gage attack his dad, and then Lewis injects him with a morphine shot to kill him. For some yeah. reason, I don't know why, he had to inject him with morphine. It was right when Lewis soaked the house in kerosene, and he lit it on fire and he was carrying out his wife's body. But then once once he's waiting, he's pl- I guess he's waiting at night close to the kitchen door and then Rachel reanimates and he knew that was going to happen. So I guess he was trying to wait until she came back and killed her. But it didn't show him physically killing her. It just kind of drop the scene from there because by then he had already knew what he did with gage and what he did to church what happened to his wife rachel well to me i felt like it hinted at is it worth it is it worth bringing your loved one back to the dead and would you do whatever whatever was necessary to either put them to rest or to let them run amok totally agree Again, I think, you know, we have to watch the, the new movie together and give a full detail analysis on both and how they both compare. Mm-hmm. But for now, I wanted to see, talking about local events now in SoCal, uh, we do have a, an event calendar up and running. We are updating it as we get notifications. We Again, this is something we just want to share with everybody so they have something to go. I know it's very scarce and in between when it comes to finding Halloween and horror related events. So we're doing our best back here and just trying to get get updates with local promoters as well as local um, businesses, get their voices heard too. So if you have a local event that you think is within those parameters, give us a shout, go ahead and email us directly and we'll definitely add that to the calendar. Again, it's for everybody to use. And I feel like we would totally benefit from something like that. I don't see anything of the sorts of a community calendar, so to speak, for anything Halloween or horror related. So drop us a light and let us know what you want to see.
0: I know this is not really like part of of the show. It just came to me right now. A while back ago, um, you and I, we went to go watch a movie out at the Chinese theater um and i totally forgot what it was called but it was something like you me and zombies or something like that it was like a like a but what i wanted to oh, talk about was you're talking
1: about pride and prejudice and zombies
0: yeah um i remember what i that. wanted to bring up was when i went out there before i took off out there i just wanted to see what was what was around hollywood and stuff and um, there are some theaters I can't remember the name of them for the life of me but I know I have them somewhere in my notes but there's a theater or two that still plays old movies like old black and white movies and apparently the movie theater is haunted
1: I have a feeling I know which theater you're talking about the name is escaping me yeah um, I'll, I'll
0: remember, but believe me, I'll remember.
1: I want to say it was the Egyptian, but I'm not quite sure. That'll be something we need to research and bring it back on this show. Yeah. The Ruins, they actually did the song for Pet Cemetery. It came out, I believe it did come out in the old movie, the first movie, but I don't remember. I'm not that familiar with the rest of the soundtrack for Pet Cemetery.
0: All right music. I love freaking music.
1: I feel like everybody has a certain type of music they listen to throughout the day, especially if they're working. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I think for us, it's always been a constant just a constant parallel as to what we're listening to all the time, and it's Halloween and horror-related music. What do you currently have on your playlist?
0: Alright, so uh, right now, I'm listening to I kind of don't want to give it out because if I do, I feel like it's going to become a trend and then it becomes a thing to where it's like, you know, you're like, Oh yeah, I used to listen. Okay. Real quick. There was a song that came out like four or five years ago from Dua Lipa. I can't even pronounce her name. I'm so sorry if I cannot pronounce her name correctly, but there was a song that um, she came up with and I was like, Oh cool. That sounds pretty cool. And I I kept it and I saved it on my playlist. So I played in front of my friends. My friend's like, what the hell is that what the hell are we listening to and i was like dude it's like it's pretty cool it's kind of like a little bit of disco music meets like new wave kind of thing and no one liked it the minute she gets big everyone likes it so i'm gonna keep a certain type of music that i keep to myself but um i will tell you this though i've been listening to a lot of uh uh, type o Negative, I've been listening to um, Alice Cooper, Rob Zombie. Uh, my playlist right now, it, it varies. If it has a good hook, I keep on to it. But going back to the fact that this is a Halloween channel, um, the question would be more like, what artists, the minute you hear them, you're like, I'm in Halloween mode. That's it. It, it makes It makes Halloween that much more extra special when you listen to it. And for me, it would be uh, Rob Zombie is my number one. I have to go see that guy live one of these days. I just have to go see him. As a matter of fact, I think he's doing a pretty, uh, pretty badass tour coming up this summer. Um, uh, the other band I, I like to listen to is the Haxons. I love the Hack-Sins. Um, It would be Piggy D's uh, um, uh, Side Project. Uh, He is the bassist for Rob Zombie. I I love the Haxons. I've seen them live a few times. I love them. Who else? Uh, I love Marilyn Manson, Ramstein, Combi Christ. But the godfather of them all is obviously Alice Cooper for me. That's like the guy. One quick song is called Gimme on the Brutal Planet record. I think that song, every time I listen to it, It just gives you this little, like, chill down your spine, like, ha, 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 okay.
1: I have to say, some of those songs and artists have made it to my playlist, but I do have a specific one on Spotify. Maybe we can make it visible for everybody, just to add their favorite. But for me, what gets me into a Halloween mood is Rebel Flash. They're a small punk rock band in Texas. I absolutely love them. Their style mirrors everything of the Misfits. Is amazing. You guys got to check it out. Another one would be Ghosts for me, only because I've seen them live and I love their vibe. And they get me into that Halloween spirit and Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper. And it has to be also one of your bands, Tony. Who is that? Uh, the Black Heart Diaries. Yeah. Nice. Only because I've Thank listened you. to your music. But yeah, those are my top. They actually do get me into a mood. They also get me into a working vibe when I'm working on special projects. I feel like maybe if we made a live playlist just to share these songs, great music, but not really big on visibility, maybe we can share that to our audience and make sure you know they get equal parts and see what they yeah. like and just kind of share it.
0: You know who was a, a big, big influencer when um, I was in one of my last haunts Deadmau5 I think it was her 4x4 equals 12 record I think it is but that record alone just completely inspired me to like get into the halloween mood I I like that stuff it just it really pumps you up it kind of put that music on when you have like a like house decorations outside it gives you that uh, halloween horror night type vibe when you're out there
1: maybe we can make a community playlist i feel like that'll be a good idea yeah. and also of course i have to mention the doors 100 percent the doors not because of one song but i feel like their entire album does give you a haunting feeling when you're listening to it whether it's a very upbeat tempo or very haunted very um goth subculture in the lyrics it does give mm-hmm. you a good halloween mood um again it's just what i associate to the music Uh, the vibe I get off and the aesthetic of it all too. I feel like we don't get a lot of that played in radio because of the lyrics and also just the way it's portrayed. It's not necessarily something you're around, but for us that live and breathe Halloween, it means a lot, you know, to be able to share these types of songs and share the way they make us feel. Um, For me, again, it's just, it makes me feel like I'm in the zone.
0: If there was a zombie apocalypse right now, what would be the number one song that would be on your playlist as you're killing all these zombies? And for me, I would have to say Pink Floyd, Comfortably Numb. I swear that song will fit completely in every zombie game you ever play. It just fits perfectly. Oh, and while I'm at it, um, I want to throw a big shout out to a local punk rock band, to Doyle Rules. And they're another like misfits uh, cover band. It's an equal balance between Glenn Danzig and Michael Graves. And I'm a huge Michael Graves fan. I mean, I am a from American Psycho to Famous Monsters to the beat tracks to him, uh, Michael Graves being a little bit on Gorgeous Frankenstein for like a second to Michael Graves on his solo record. I just love Michael Graves and. This uh, cover band, they—it's like an equal balance. Like you listen to the vocalist, he has that tone of Glenn Danzig, but he's singing "Dig Upper Bones" from the Michael Graves era. They're badass. I've seen them a few times. The the vocalist—I mean—he's a total showman. When he's up there, he's just in a different world. Than you he's one of those guys. He's—he's—he's he's a, he's a total badass. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say there's another band that you and I both like, Slipknot.
1: They're still going. Yeah. They are literally still on tour. I think they just released a new album. I got mixed feelings for it. I'm sorry. This new no, album they good. released, it's it's a new generation and it's a new energy. But I am very old school Slipknot. One of my top. I want to say their Iowa album. Only because you still get that raw filter, which I really like. Right. So Iowa is definitely on there for me for Slipknot.
0: All right, all right, let me ask you a fun question, uh, Misfits related. Which album of all the Misfit albums does it give you that Halloween vibe?
1: I have to say it's a tie between the Project 1950 album
0: uh-huh. as well
1: as American Psycho. Okay. Only because the 1950s gives me that early autumn vibe but also has great classics and it's been, you know, remixed to fit the scene and it's just great. But American Psycho, I mean, overall American Psycho hands down because they do have these really good songs, like from how they came, the hunger speak of evil walk among us versus yeah. project 1950. They're all 1950 classics like Donna, the latest flame, great balls of fire, the magic moment. They're all these sweet melodies remade, but the, Fit the scene perfectly. I just feel like Michael Graves brings it that extra punch when it comes to singing anything. It can be any type of vibe, any type of music. He gives you that eerie vibe when he sings, yeah. and I love it. It's entertaining.
0: You know, I'm going to say something, and it's going to piss off a lot of Misfits fans, and you're probably, we're going to probably get a lot of hate mail for this, but I have to say, vocal singing wise, okay? I think Michael Graves is better than Glenn Danzig. When the Misfits reinvented themselves, I th- I think everything sounded a lot more tighter. Everything was a lot more heavier. You got a guy, a vocalist, that can hit all these range of notes. And if you listen to Glenn Danzig, it's respectable what they were doing. I mean, because that's like, horror 1950s music and I love it. I still love it. I'm not dogging that era at all. I'm not dogging it. I'm just saying I believe that Michael Graves just has it.
1: Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Michael Graves can do anything you throw at him. But the thing is, I wouldn't put him against Danzig only because Danzig does deliver and he delivers a particular style when it comes to his vocal range, which I absolutely love. Don't get me wrong but to pin them against the other and tell them which is great, I wouldn't be able to give you an answer only because I love both. But I feel like I need to respect them for both being individual artists and what they bring to the table and what they created, you know, when it came to creating the Misfits. And if you haven't heard them independently, I would highly encourage it. I mean, most of their music are, is found everywhere. I typically find it like on YouTube, on Spotify, but I have most of the albums. But moving on, what do you want to hear in new music? What do you want to hear locally in new music, whether it's horror punk or heavy metal theme or anything Halloween-related? What do you want to hear from the locals?
0: You know what? I've So far right now, I've been really into, like, hearing remake songs. For example, if I've ever watched the show Cobra Kai, I think it's the second, first or second season, where they play a certain 80s song, but they took it in a different direction. That's what I want to listen to. I want to listen to something. It could be even Pet Cemetery, but give it a very intimate vibe. You know what I mean? Like something totally different. What I like about cover songs, you're playing a tribute to your favorite band, to your favorite artist. So I would like to listen to your rendition of a song that you like, something that inspired you to play. For example, when I saw the new Batman movie come out and they were playing Something in the Way by Nirvana, how they played that song, I was like, dude, that was amazing how that was done. And it was slowed down. I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the, the original is just, badass and it's intimate you know because it's like whispering into the microphone
1: i really love that version listening to it while i was at the movie theater watching it and i couldn't believe that they added a few new things right? in there it was right? really good it was very catchy. Yeah. and again i think this goes to our call in the first episode if you're a musician or a local band trying to get exposure well we challenge you to make us the theme song or just showcase your music go ahead and email us. We'll have the contact info in the description of this episode, but we want to hear what the locals got. And we can even possibly bring you onto the show and just talk about your music. What led you to become a musician or an artist?
0: This is not going to be like an American fucking idol show. We want to listen to you guys. You know, give it a try, give it a shot, put it out there and stick by it.
1: If you have a side hustle or you just launched an event, we want to hear from you as well. Go ahead and send us a shout out. Go ahead and email us directly. Again, we'll have the contact information in our show notes. We really want to see what SoCal has in store, whether it's local music or a brand new show to watch. We want to hear from you in our new playlist and our new list to binge. And we'll probably talk about it on the show in a future episode. And again, thank you so much for listening to tonight's episode. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and SoundCloud. We'll catch you on the next episode. Good night.